Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. everyone. Welcome to another edition of Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Here we engage our listening audience in thought-provoking conversation with leaders in the IT industry. Today we have Mr. Mark Newsom of Earthling Business. He's an Enterprise Account Director. This is Dave Blackman of Technology Expresso, and I'm joined here with my co-host Jacqueline Sanders. Hello, everyone. So today we're going to talk to Mr. Newsom about his experience at Earthlink Business. Mr. Newsom holds a BA in Management Information Systems from Marshall's University's prestigious Lewis College of Business and lives and works in the Raleigh, North Carolina Research Triangle Park area. With more than a decade of experience in the commercial services industry, Mark's current focus uh, with Earthlink is developing business with Earthlink's business suite of managed IT services, and he's held multiple roles in in that area. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, thanks, Dave and Jacqueline, to each of you. I'm really um, I'm kind of excited about this experience. It's something uh, new to me. I've never been a guest on a radio show, so I think this might be kind of fun. Well, we're kind of excited, too. Uh, so, so let's get into some of the questions and, and, and share with us your experience. I see you, you started your career with Earthlink Business as an account executive in sales, and you were promoted to manager of regional sales and solutions engineering group. Can you tell us a little bit about that transition for you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I started uh, in, in the uh, just a, I guess you would say the, the lowest tier of the business uh, development group, um, <clears throat> and uh, was actually had had some success early. I was able to I was able to uh, to leverage some experience that I had in sales prior to coming to Earthlink Business, where I had worked for uh, some other technology uh, integrated integrators and uh, value added resource uh, resellers. So I had some experience with technology, and then of course uh, with my uh, my uh, undergraduate studies being in uh, technology, all the 
these concepts, uh, you know, and things that I needed to be successful, a lot of those skills I already had and then <clears throat> uh, started working uh, with uh, with actually I, I didn't be, I shouldn't say that I actually began <clears throat> directly with Earthling Business. I worked with a, a legacy company, a telecommunications company that ultimately uh, Earthlink Business acquired um, three or four years ago. And but anyway, I was I was able to be uh, successful there, and within a couple of years, uh, through the the mentorship of of the leaders that I was able to. Uh, had, uh, had the privilege of working with was really able to accelerate my production and uh you know kind of got on the radar of some higher higher level executives within the company who kind of saw some skills within me that they thought um I might be able to to lead the team and uh transfer some of those skills that were able to enable me to be successful to to others <clears throat> and uh so yeah, I was uh, at at one point then. This was after Earthlink had acquired the company, um, promoted to lead the the uh, the sales and solutions engineering staff that was based here in in Raleigh, um, and, and that was an exciting exciting role. It was my second uh, second stint in uh, middle management, but one that I, I really wanted to take on because of the new, you know, it being a, a new challenge and wanted to. To try to work on something uh, a different skill other than the, the direct sales rep role. Wow, wow! I, I bet that was a great moment for you. First of all, let me congratulate you on that ascension, and I know that was mm-hmm. a uh, a big change from being an account executive to leading a, a group of engineers, which is always a challenge. Um, uh, moving on, moving on from there. Um, uh, you moved into your current role as uh, enterprise account director. Now, each one of those stages, uh, advancements, and again, I congratulate on congratulate you on those. They have various and ascending levels of responsibility. How did you How did you manage that con, uh, that continuous challenge and and increase responsibility? Uh, well, I, I think that I believe you need to continuously grow and challenge yourself. I guess that's just uh, something that's a philosophy of mine, not only in my career but just uh, in my personal life as well. And uh, stretch, uh, I guess, stretch your limits. And so, with that said, um, I was definitely looking for opportunities to to expand my responsibilities or take on new. Uh, new challenges with the company, and so when the when the opportunities uh, began to materialize for me, um, really I just kind of I, I kind of uh, jumped in uh, feet first basically, and 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 tried to uh, I, I tried to pursue the uh, the opportunities when I saw them uh, arise, you know. So I, I certainly was proactive and made it known uh, within the organization that. Uh, I, I did have these ambitions to do more than you know the role uh, each time the role that I was currently in, and that I, I was accepting of new challenges. <clears throat> and I think uh, a few factors uh, contributed uh, to, I guess, my ability to kind of navigate uh, through some of these uh, the, to these different roles. Uh, one would be that I think that in my success as a sales rep. I was able to um 
I was able to create some business opportunities with customers that uh, that that required us to be very agile and creative in our solutions, and so they they weren't necessarily something that we already had you know, productized and in a box and said, okay, here we can provide these services. And so what happened was is I needed to work with multiple different uh, groups and some of, uh, you know, di- different, uh, the, the, for example, the product group extensively and the engineering group extensively. And so with some of these opportunities being uh, larger in terms of the amount of, I guess, revenue for the company that they represented, uh, it got it got uh, ex- it gave me exposure to uh, you know higher level uh, people within the organization within these different groups, and it also gave me the exposure then to start learning about the different uh, roles and how these different uh, divisions within the companies you know uh, how they operate, and so once I was able to familiarize myself with these different groups and different uh, segments of the company, then, you know, th- that enabled me to kind of see things, um, you know, greater than just what my specific roles were. And I guess I was able to then to kind of take a, a strategic approach to use that that knowledge to then pos- better position myself maybe than others within the company to, you know, receive promotions and, and kind of uh, work within uh, work and move up within the organization. So I guess that might uh, m- might answer your question. Maybe I went off on a tangent there, <laughs> but uh, no, I hope uh, that that's some helpful information for your audience. <clears throat> uh, yes, it was, Mark. Thank you for that. Uh, and I'd like to congratulate you on your success and uh and and wish many more successes for you in your career growth. Jacqueline? Thank you. And and so, Mark, I want to pick up from there as well, because in your role, like you said, you kind of have a marriage, it sounds like, between sales from a technical perspective. And so I just kind of want to, you know, for our audience, there are people out there um, Mm -hmm. like yourself who maybe – um, in that, you know, pursue MIS, but they don't want to necessarily always be that, that technical person. They may be that yes. more extrovert, they're the sales type of person. They like that. Right. And, and, and then part of what you're doing is identifying solutions. But how, but there's kind of a, a balance. How do you uh, make sure that you maintain just enough knowledge about technology so that you can talk the talk? And, and how do you you know, uh, maybe there's a, a, a balance. How do you do that? Okay, yeah, so um, for me personally, <clears throat> I would say that I actually kind of uh, uh, fit your qu- question well in that I did start my education in a uh, technical field, but what I actually found was that I didn't, uh, for me personally, I guess I'm a, I'm not, uh, I'm more of an extrovert, and uh you know my personality uh didn't seem to lend itself to being being in some of the the more technical roles uh and so w- before I had even graduated I did not feel necessarily that I wanted to move into uh some of the roles like the you know programming you know, or uh being an analyst uh, or a role of that nature I also had studied economics in school, and I actually ended up finding myself just more interested in business and uh, the business aspects of maybe then how do I take my knowledge that I've 
uh, understood here, uh, or what I understand about conceptually how technology then can help enable businesses, and how can I turn that into a, a, um, a career? And so, uh, so, so what I did was I, you know, I felt like, well, that that makes sense that maybe I should go into uh, look at uh, pursuing a career in technology sales. So, <clears throat> in my current role, the way that it works is that. Yes, I know. I, I continue to know enough about the technology and how it's being applied to help companies become more efficient, or how it uh, enables them to better serve their own customers, or create a better customer experience for their own customers, or uh, you know, just the, the different things that it helps ultimately for the business piece of it. <clears throat> and then I have right now in my current role. I don't necessarily have a team that reports to me, but what I do is I lead a team of solutions engineers uh, and other people that, that it's a very uh, much a team effort with Earthlink Business in that, you know, I, uh, I try to focus on helping uh, businesses understand how our technologies can help uh, enable the business, and then my solutions engineers really then focus on uh, de developing and designing the technical solution, you know, the nuts and the bolts, uh, I guess you could s say, about ultimately how we arrive at it. And but what I do is I I do a, I, I read a lot uh, about technologies, and I I um I'm still very inquisitive of uh, of the technical aspect of of uh, you know the different technologies and such, and so I. I speak in depth uh, with, you know, my solutions engineers, and I'm always inquiring about, um, you know, the technical, the very technical aspects of it. But I am very mindful too to know that in my role that I'm not necessarily the technical subject matter expert, and not to get too much into the weeds, so to speak, and really try to keep my focus again on what the, what's the business application here, what's the business problem that we're trying to solve. But you know you do need to know the technology enough to to be able to try to steer the solution in the right direction. Thank you, thank you very much, and and I, I'm sure that that's helping to to round out that. And also one of the things that we're often trying to do is to expose our audience that there's different roles, there's different hybrid of roles that can take advantage of different personality attributes and characteristics of. That, that's a, a, a fine example, um, you know, yourself and how you come into the, the role you're in. But one of the things I also want to bridge in, in the next question is what you do um, is very important, but also where you do it. So the company that you, you work for, the company that you, you chose, and you chose, uh, it sounds like um, a part of it was acquisition and, and um, a company you were working for became a part of Earthlink. But now can you talk to us about Earthling? I think everybody's heard that name in some form or mm -hmm. fashion. But um, more recently, um, you know, they probably don't know about some of the things that are going on presently at Earthling. So tell us about uh, Earthlink and, and some of the things that we probably don't know about Earthling. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think the Earthlink story is uh, its a good one to tell. Um and uh it because it's so 
a lot of times it's so much different than what uh, someone's initial perception of what who who Earthlink is or what the company is about, uh, because uh, as most people know, Earthlink started in the 90s as a res- primarily a residential ser- internet services provider, and that's really where the brand recognition comes from. Is is though those years when it was you know the dot coms and uh, it was a really an upcoming up and coming business and and Earthling at the time was was a major player in that space and so that business model really lends itself to to doing mass marketing right the residential internet service provider you're you're going out and you're mass marketing to the general public that brand recognition so of course Earthlink did that during those days and they really established this this uh this great um this this great name that everybody knows and associated it with that but what most people don't know is that um that really over maybe the last 5 or 6 years Earthlink really has transformed itself from being, uh, you know, that internet services provider to now the company is a, a business technology service uh, services provider, uh, and so that that evolution really began around uh, 2006 when uh, Earthlink acquired a company called New Edge Networks. And that, and New Edge Networks focused on primarily on uh, the retail, commercial retail services um, sector, and that's when they got into, uh, you know, focusing on commercial services. And at the time, it was still network, uh, you know, wide area network, MPLS technologies, and internet services and such. But then, with that acquisition, they began accelerating and, and purchasing, you know, more. More and more companies um, to to be the Earthlink today. Um, you know the company is is, is nearly a, a one and a half billion dollar company in terms of annual revenue, and I think a lot of people are surprised to hear that that today uh, about eighty percent of that that revenue is actually generated through the business technology services, and only you know twenty percent or less of that is uh, is you know residential internet. Services. So today, the company's focus uh, through the various acquisitions that they've made when they were you know, they were going out and purchasing the the best in breed uh, technology services providers, uh, the you know the the data center uh, assets that we have today, the uh, professional services groups. We have uh, tech care and uh, uh, onshore. Uh, help desk and uh, help desk support groups, and so we're really more of a a turnkey uh, business technology services. And what makes us unique is that we we actually own and operate a lot of the the infrastructure, such as that nationwide network and the uh, and the data centers and and cloud computing platform and such that our customers uh, leverage. You, you know a. Uh, uh, a friend of the show and a friend of, of ours, Jacqueline, uh, put it a very good way. Uh, John Phillips, he made uh, he he made the statement that he said, "I think you guys should market it as not your daddy's Earthlink," <laughs> and that that really resonated with me because I thought that was uh, you know that's kind of a good way to put it. It's it's not your daddy's Earthlink, is it? Absolutely, absolutely, and and uh, um, I. I, I 
you, you're right, John. He has a way with words, and and that's so true because uh, when he introduced you and I, and, and we started having our conversation, it just um, it, it started bringing back memories. I remember the Earthling from uh, um, some time ago, but you're right, and, and that's why I did want to have you on the show. I was excited to have you on the show because I'm sure that's resonating with a lot of our audience. And that's why I want to encourage them to to Google Earthling. Um, you know, find out what they're doing. They are they they were a wonderful company several years ago when I looked into it, and it still sounds like they're an exciting and dynamic company. And and I I even want to peek back off of it. You know, some of that has to do with and technology. Things change. They change often. They change fast. And you got to know how to roll with the punches. Doesn't that kind of relate to what we have to do in our careers as well? Can you kind of talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, we were joking about it just earlier today in uh, in scheduling this call. Right? We were saying, you know, you got to. I, I like to say you have to uh, adapt, uh, adapt and improvise, uh, or whatever. But as as you were mentioning, uh, you. I think it, my philosophy is in your career that you you I personally I want to continuously uh to grow and and always be challenging myself uh, to to learn more and take on new and ch- uh, different responsibilities and you know, it keeps things fresh right and it and it also not only does it create uh a, you know opportunities for you to maybe be in uh leadership positions or maybe uh, have greater financial reward uh but I think it's also it just it's 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 continues to allow you to be more be passionate and and things like that if you're always stretching yourself and um so I think that that that's really just it's important that not only you know are you um you know are you in a field or in a position where you're actually uh you, you know you're being financially rewarded but you need to uh you know you need to look for a few things and it, it, is the company providing you with opportunities to learn and grow or should i say are you creating opportunities for yourself within the organization uh that that you're in and it's maybe it's not even always the organization are you, that you're in are you creating opportunities for yourself to be stretched and and grow and are you even maybe looking outside uh of the organization but uh, but do you see yourself growing in your career what are the logical evolutions and can you uh can you create a plan and uh, act on that plan that's going to uh, allow you to grow and then the other thing that I think is is really important is do you have coaches and mentors uh who uh, who you feel can help you to develop new skills and to hone hone it uh hone the ones that that you already have um as well so one of the things I've been very fortunate with in Earthlink is that the company has uh it has changed so much in the last you know Four years or so that I've been an employee of them, and it has presented so many opportunities for me to learn about new technologies, right? Because we're we're bringing to market new technologies, you know, with a, you know our cloud computing services and and uh, you know that are our next what we're calling our next generation uh, cloud computing uh, platforms and flex pods and things like that. It's really it's really great. But then I'm also fortunate enough to have uh, leadership who I feel like I really 
am able to can still learn from, and I'm learning a lot from them, and they also demand a lot of me, and so that requires me to stretch myself, right? And that, so that kind of keeps things uh, fresh as well. And so always be willing to be flexible, willing to, uh, you know, to, to reach out and try to, to uh, improve and be uh, being being nimble, um, and really just trying to figure out ways that you can even be creative within your own career to solve problems, uh, go above and beyond uh, the the things that your your job title uh, is written to. What are your responsibilities? I think that's that's really important as well. If you're going to create opportunities for yourself, then don't put yourself in the box of Here's what my role is, and here's what my job is. Think about creatively how can I, how can I help the company? How can I create other opportunities to help the company outside of even what my specific roles are? No, absolutely, absolutely, and great advice for our our audience. Um, I, so let me let me throw it back over to David for the the, the next question, and then I'll be back with uh, some more questions that we're, we're going to dive into. David. Okay. Hi, thanks. Uh, I'll continue along that same line. Uh, we've watched Earthlink throughout the years, or I guess maybe over the last decade, as they continue to uh, change and grow and continue to offer uh, leading-edge services to the large and small uh, and medium uh, business community. So I, I commend them for that. So, Mark, what what is it about Earthlink that you enjoy the most? Um, uh, the innovation and, uh, and, and you know, kind of um, being on the, the, the leading edge of what, uh, you know, the technologies are and what the uh, technologies that are kind of transforming uh, the marketplace today. That's that's really cool to, to be in working with exciting technologies, the, the technologies that are the the buzz, you know, rather than something that's, uh, you know, maybe not as exciting or stagnant or just uh, old hat and commoditized, you know, in a sense. Um, because a lot of things in technology, I guess uh, you could say there, a lot of things are commoditized, uh, I guess, but... Um, the you know the piece of it one of the pieces that I like about it is just the the, the exciting technologies that the Earthlink is uh, speeding to the marketplace. So that's one. The other piece of it I would just say is uh, for for me personally is the 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 culture uh, that that my leadership has created for uh, the division that I work work in and and that is one where you know. Um, People feel very comfortable. It's a, a very open work environment. Um, uh, it, there's a lot of camaraderie, you know, within with my team and the team that I work with on a daily basis uh, to help with our customers. And uh, there's a lot of it that I uh, that that I actually relate to, even though we're a technology company and we really rely on uh, being intelligent and smart and very strategic there's a very much within at least my division there's a blue collar work ethic mentality uh that I appreciate and I and kind of and I can relate to um and and a lot of it's you know just about uh make it happen create your own kind of success these are all things that that kind of 
uh, are part of my nature, and you know, it's uh, part of the culture here. Here at Earthlink is, you know, let's let's create, let's find ways to win. Let's find ways to help our customers. Um, you know, these are just some of the things I guess that I that I enjoy about my own personal uh, career here at Earthlink. But it's a large company, you know, and so like someone who's in Sunnyvale, California, or maybe even our, one of our Canadian offices might have a completely uh, different perception. But yeah, here here in Raleigh, North Carolina, I, I love uh, I love working for Earthlink. Well, well, that was interesting. Thanks for that, Martha. That kind of led into my next question, which was about the corporate culture and what the qualities of uh, Earthling looks for in people that it, it, it likes to hire. I think that kind of answered uh, that question in itself. Uh, but back to the back to some of the uh, uh, some of the engagements that you've managed and been a part of. Uh, tell us about mm-hmm. some of those experiences and the uh, uh, the accounts that you worked with worked on. What have been some of the uh, challenges and triumphs that that you've had uh, um, while here at Earthling? Some of the, well, you know, some of the challenges uh, are that especially working with innovative technologies, uh, often not everything, there's not always a blueprint for how you accomplish uh, things. Uh, Certainly, one of the things about Earthlink is that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the company has a little less than a billion and a half dollars in in annual revenue, which in some ways is a big company, but in in, in a lot of ways, especially in our industry, it's, we're not a, we're not a a giant, uh, so we're we're able we're kind of the size of company who's able to really be um, be very flexible and agile and really tailor solutions right down to uh, customers' needs. Especially if the customer's big enough, you know, we'll we'll completely create a, a new solution or product that's not even productized yet. And so when we found opportunities like this. Um, I think it's been very exciting to work for a company where really you can kind of just be a problem solver. You can really just kind of take, uh, you know, the company's circumstances and, and what their goals are and what their problems are, and then you can try to and some, sometimes almost kind of just even envision based on the technologies that we know are available, are there ways that we could do things uh, that would be unique for this cu- uh, customer. So that's really cool to just kind of, you know, kind of take rather than go sell a product, you can take more of a consultative problem-solving approach to any customer. So that's really cool. And at the same time, when those are the most exciting ones, those are also the ones that are the most challenging, right? (laughs) Because you're really trying to figure out, you know, and working with the engineering team, how do we do this and how do we even pull this off, right? And can we pull this off? And so... um, you know, those those are some of the ones that are most exciting. And then I would say the one the the opportunities and the the customer engagements and projects that I've worked on that really kind of stick out in my mind um, as the most memorable ones are the ones where being in business development. You know, my job is to create opportunities to generate revenue for the company. You know, at the end of the day, I'm supposed I'm supposed to go out and sell stuff, right? And um, you know, when when I'm able to do that and and really sell 
and get uh, a significant contract, you know, maybe in the terms of millions of dollars or something, with a company that we had no relationship prior to to um, to me building a relationship with them. So what we'd call a net new customer, when I'm able to land someone like that. So there's been ones like uh, Highwoods Properties and 1-800-PACK-RAT would be a couple that maybe your audience at least might be familiar with because they have recognizable names. These are the ones that really kind of stick out in my mind for where we, 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 we did some things that were outside of the box. We, create, we just found solutions to some of their problems we created uh, kind of new new solutions or new products for them, which created challenges. But at the end of the day, you know, we we basically were able to uh, you know land a, a brand new customer with services or products that weren't even necessarily specifically defined, and you know we're able to create a, a, a great experience and. And you know now they're they're great happy customers and continue to come back and buy more services from us. Those are those are some of the things I guess that that kind of stick out in my mind as the mo- more memorable uh, projects and customer engagements. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Those are always exciting. As myself as a IT project manager, I've been on the account teams before with the sales engineer, service relationship manager, the account managers, and it's always fun to engage the client. In their in their problems and help develop a solution for them. That's always so rewarding. And you have various levels of expertise on that team. And everyone is not an engineer, but everyone knows how to blend together and work together um, and weave in and out of the the the, uh, the business requirement and the and the uh, engineered solution. So uh, those were always exciting and and fun for me as well. Um, Jacqueline. Yeah, those are fun. Jacqueline, are you still with us? So, I definitely am. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, what I'll do, uh, my my question, Mark, I'm just curious, you know, having been in the, the industry now uh, for some time, do you see the, the problems? Are they changing? Are they um, how have things kind of evolved? Are they getting more complex? And maybe in your role, maybe you're getting the more complex cases. But what are the problems that you're seeing uh, the, the clients that they're coming, you know, coming to you with, and and you know, uh, some of those solutions? What, what are some of the trends? So, uh, it's no secret that one of the trends is that there's a um, there's a transition of the enterprises are and organizations are moving from mostly in-house server infrastructure and they're beginning to leverage uh, cloud computing <clears throat> and they're, the the reasons for that are you know uh they're well documented in that uh, a lot of times it's uh it's helps reduce uh capital expenditures and it uh, enables agility and flexibility and sometimes reduces uh, reduces costs and things like this. So what what I I'm seeing lately though is that because companies now are able to to leverage infrastructure of a hosting services provider or someone who already has uh the platform built out and they're able to then now access these assets and resources on demand, uh it actually now enables companies to move more quickly 
to meet the demands of the business. So maybe a project that has a technology application, you know, in the past five years ago or something that wouldn't have been possible simply because of the time frame that it would have even taken to to spin up uh to spin up the infrastructure and put in place all everything that's going to need to make it happen wasn't necessarily uh, even a reality then. Well, now it's more of a reality. So that speed to market with uh, you know solutions for business and how technology is able to meet those demands more quickly is is um, you know it's huge. And that also then now creates the these scenarios where we're working with our customers and we're doing you know these things that t- seem to be uh, these huge monumental projects and it, it, the time frame uh, to get it done it just seems like it has to be done so quickly uh, and so that kind of creates like a this whole new set of uh, challenges as, of, as well but at the same time it's it's very exciting to even know that you know companies can even do these things just by leveraging. Uh, infrastructure and services and platforms that, that a company like Earthlink already has built out for them really enables them to kind of be so much more flexible uh, in their in the resources they leverage and in how they're able to have uh, be more agile and have speed to market for you know the things that they need to accomplish in their in their business and servicing their own customers. Well, thank you. Uh, and, 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 and let me ask you also, I want to circle back to, we were talking about when you're going out and, and you're meeting with a, a customer, um, you actually have a, a team that you're working with, and I, and I believe a key role on that, with solution engineers. And mm-hmm. I, I know that that rings a bell with, a, with, with some of our, like I said, technical audience. I wanted to ask, you working with them, um, what are you looking for? What characteristics, if you could build your perfect solution engineer, what characteristics would they be bringing to the table? What would they look like when they would be coming to an interview? Um, what, 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 should, what, what do people need to know? Yeah, so as you can imagine, uh, a company like the size of Earthlink, we have a number of different uh, technical roles, and some being very technical and they would be more behind-the-scenes type engineers, so engineers that we would, uh, my team would work with to help them to understand and and develop their requirements, but they're not customer-facing, right? Now, as you mentioned, I have a team that's customer-facing, but then uh, they also, you know, are, are technical. And uh, some of these people actually were, you know, they were DBAs or, you know, very technical, had a very technical role in the past, that, but maybe they had some personality traits that would, uh, like, really lend themselves to be successful in a customer-facing role as well. So for the solutions engineers, uh these these people uh, t- tend to have uh, a high degree of uh, techno- technology understanding and and have uh, some experience in that type of uh, a, a role. But they also so they're very tech- technology savvy. But they also understand business and what's the business application and how does the technology help the business and and they can and now of course. Sometimes that's kind of my role too, is to kind of rein them back, <laughs> and to say like, don't just try not to get too far into the into the weeds here. Let's really, you know, I'm the, I'll, I'll kind of, uh, I'm, 
uh, we're the yin and the yang, right? I'm trying to focus on the business application, and they're the technical person, but also has some uh, ability to communicate well. But I would say that the, at the end of the day, that the management within the company who really focuses on who they want for these kinds of roles, I would think that if I were to speak for them, they would say, we're looking for problem solvers. We we want to uh, we want people who have the technology uh, technology knowledge and understanding, but then can really kind of just not necessarily be so focused on a rigid uh, ideology or something like that. They really can just kind of listen to the customers' uh, demands and then try uh, and problems and try to craft a, a unique solution using the technologies that we have available for them. I would say, you know, those are some of the things that they're looking for. So the the, the solutions engineers are some uh, what of a unique blend of that technology uh, tech person, but also has some ability to to uh, to speak and and understand uh, business and is you know a little more a little more charismatic maybe than others because it's a very very customer facing consultative type of a role. Exactly, exactly. And, and to, to some people, it, it, that may be music to their ears because they are a little tech-savvy or they they may be even very tech-savvy, but they also um, are extrovert. They are kind of people, you know, they, they like working with people. And the, the ideal being customer-facing uh, even, um, that that can be appealing to them. So I, I often do um, in some of my conversations and, and the presentations and panels that I've been on, I have people who um, they want to get in the technical field, understand how important uh, technology is in, in many different aspects, but they want to marry that with, like you said, those particular traits where they can be customer-facing. So that, that's yet another uh, area for them to explore solution engineering Maybe something uh, for them to to aspire for. So I, I absolutely, you. and really, at least within Earthlink, and I think this is actually the case in a lot of uh, organizations that similar to, to ours that are focused on delivering technology solutions um, in the commercial space. The 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 solutions engineer, the the person who has that technology savvy but also is able to communicate well and understand business as well, that's a really high demand, and it's actually a very sought-after skill set as well, especially within Earthlink. You know, we, we think that our solution engineers are, you know, they're the, uh, they're the engine of, of, that drives revenue, and, and they're some of the most important roles within the company. That is good. That's good to know. That is very good to know. I'm sure there's other organizations similar to, to Earthlink. But definitely for our listeners, please do uh, look at, look for, go out, Google the Earthlink site, find out more information. I'm sure that's where your the careers are posted, um, and you can can look into what Earthlink has to offer. And as you said, you know, Earthlink. This is not your Grandfather's Earthling. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> so, so much. <laughs> uh, you need to you need right. to pet man. You need to coin that phrase. <laughs> I I can't take credit for it. That was our friend John Phillips. He's he's the one that um, said it, and I thought that's that's genius, right? <laughs> Not your daddy's exactly. Earthling. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm going to have to get him in touch, maybe with our marketing folks. 
No, absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to be looking for that T-shirt. But um, another thing uh, about your role, because you are extroverted and um, you're you're very uh, comfortable about being being around people um, and probably do a lot of networking yourself, and that's also a, a part of staying on top of things and um, just, you know, connecting and, um, you know, like we talked about, the business changes so fast, so often. Uh, I'm sure networking is very important. How do you uh, – tell us, if you, do you belong to some organizations or do you uh, attend things in order to kind of network and expand your network and um, kind of to stay in touch with, with people in the industry? Mm-hmm. I'm actually not a member of many uh, actual organizations, networking-focused uh, organizations. Uh, I do uh, I am a member of the uh, NCTA, which is the North Carolina Technology Association, and I attend um, uh, events that they have. Uh, I'm also uh, do some networking, and I, I sponsor the uh, the SIM, the, that's the Society of Information. Management leaders, uh, so SIM RTP, which is Re- Research Triangle Park Group, and have some affiliations with them. But I don't do a lot of actual networking with groups. But but that that doesn't mean. But I am very uh, very active in networking. Uh, it's just not necessarily with organizations. Um, I think that networking is is extremely critical, and it's the key to success, really, because. Um, you know, I believe that people don't necessarily buy from a company. They buy from a person. They buy from, uh, you know, who, the team of people or the individual, you know, that they're working with. And if they trust the, that individual, they know that individual, and they know that they have done good work for other people, uh, that those things are all uh, really uh, critical in order to for someone to be successful. And so... I try to make sure that I network a lot. I work with uh, network with people, uh, customers that I have, you know, and that that we do good work for, and who can sponsor us, you know, and vouch for the uh, the work. And so I, I make sure to to work a lot with them. But I really just think that networking is one of the more fulfilling aspects of being in a role like I'm in because. One, it's part of my job or my responsibilities to do it, to just make sure that I'm, um, you know, that I'm spreading the word of, of what Earthlink is is doing. But I find lots of opportunities where I'm able to to help other people and to make introductions to someone I might know that doesn't really necessarily have any direct uh, – it doesn't have any uh, direct positive effect on me in my career or even my personal life, but it, it still just makes me feel good to know that hey, I, I was able to help this person, you know, and I uh, make a connection that ultimately maybe is going to be beneficial to uh, one or the other or both people. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think uh, that it's absolutely uh, it's critical uh, that you do uh, that you network as much as possible, and that it's also it's a very fulfilling. Uh, aspect of you know a role such as the one that I have is is just um is is getting to know other people that you know your network of of people might know and it leads to a lot of fulfilling relationships that you know aren't always again directly beneficial to your career but 
you know, networking has that, that flair of uh, pay it forward, if you've seen that movie, right? You don't always have to be getting something, to, but it still yeah. feels good. And if, you, and if you're willing to help other people, uh, a lot of times, ultimately, somebody else might help you in turn. And so I, I think that, you know, that's that's one way of kind of, you know, having the, the thought around uh, working with people and and seeing if you can help others in the endeavors that they're uh, pursuing. Great, great philosophy, great philosophy. Let me let me um, throw this one back over to, to David uh, and see, um, give him an opportunity as well. David? Yes, thank you, Jacqueline. Now, Mark, uh, we talked about your successful career, but you also have a successful career at home as well. You have a successful wife, and you have a baby, uh, a daughter. So how yes. is your how is your work-life balance? How do you keep the peace at home? And I'm, I'm setting you up here for a good weekend, too, so think, keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, it, it is definitely uh, a little bit of a juggling act, but uh, it's certainly no different than uh, probably any, almost anybody else out there listening. Certainly, there are lots of your listeners, I would imagine, that are family people. Um, and so, you know, with me, I really just try to have, uh, I guess, I segment my life in that when I'm focused on work and I'm at work, I'm that's what I'm focused on, and I try to accomplish as much as I can during those hours that I'm designating to work. And then, uh, and then when I go home, I go home. Now, with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, ubiquity now of cloud computing and virtual desktop infrastructure and things like that, you know, uh, companies now have the ability to to give you, empower the employee to work from anywhere, right? <laughs> so that's a good thing whenever I'm talking to the executives that Earthlink wants to service, but it's not maybe always the best thing for your work-life balance, right? So, because it's always very tempting but, that I can just log in from anywhere from home. But what I, I try to do is I, I really just try to focus on when I come home, when I come home I'm going to be at home, I'm going to be with my family. But then also, you know, that, that what I just mentioned does actually present those opportunities, and what we know is that lots of companies are starting to leverage the, the work-from-home philosophy and culture uh, in that, you know, if you're able to fulfill the job responsibilities that you have, uh, as long as you're, for example, in my role, if you're meeting your quota <laughs> or if you are uh, – if you're – delivering and you're uh, you're meeting all of your deliverables, then why not enable that uh, employee to work from their home office? Uh, and that's something also that Earthlink has part of their culture. And you know, and and that's kind of the philosophy of of my direct leadership. And I know a lot of other divisions within the company, uh, within Earthlink, have. They have no issues with uh, someone who might n need to work from home as long as that person is still being productive, and that really enables you as as um, uh, a family person to sometimes be more flexible in how you are able to spend time with your family and take care of a lot of the responsibilities and things that you have at home. Um, and and um, I think that's that's you know kind of a you know, it's something that a lot of people are becoming more experienced with, and a lot of companies are are doing more and more. Um, and it enables them to, to cut down on uh, companies to cut down on costs, right? That they're able to to reduce uh, office space and uh, equipment and things that might be needed. 
my my right, wife's uh, my wife's right. company has that type of philosophy as well. And so, like for example, my wife works from home uh, every Friday uh, because they leverage technologies that enable her to do that. So much like the ones Earthlink Business bring uh, bring to bear for companies. And so sometimes that is is helpful as well that because you're close to home or if you're working from home, you're able to knock out some of those those things you wouldn't normally able to do with the demanding work schedule if you always had to be tied to your desk. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, more more time online and less time in traffic, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking with Mark Newsom, everyone. Enterprise account director with Earthlink Business. Now, Mark, coming out of coming out of college, what do you remember mm-hmm. being your 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 first significant role or job coming out of college? Okay, so uh, in my philosophy I, earlier that I think we talked about, I might have mentioned uh, that I am very um, uh, very much an advocate of being flexible, right? And so, even though I graduated. Uh, with a management information uh, systems degree and focused in technology, uh, I'm also an, an opportunistic person. And actually, at the time, I used my network and knew someone who was able to sponsor me and vouch for my work ethic and actually got me a job in the financial services industry with Hartford Financial. And so that was my first role out of college. And it was a sales role. I was selling the financial services uh, suite of services that Hartford has. Uh, it, but again, that really that taught. Uh, I was able to learn a lot of uh, uh, sales-related skills around, you know, focus on what ultimately the product can do and how it can enable the employee. Uh, I, I I'm sorry, not the employee, but the but the customer. Um, and you know, not necessarily hey, what's the cost here. Or you know what's what's the what is the actual widget? It's it's more you know that's where I learned the skill of you know focus on what the results and what the how that uh, product or service uh, can you know help help uh, change the life or whatever of uh, of of that customer. And so then I took those uh, sales skills abilities that that I was able to kind of develop and hone there at Hartford Financial. And then um, at the time, I, I lived actually in Columbus, Ohio. My wife and I decided to make made a personal decision to move down to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And that's when I looked at the market and I kind of surveyed the landscape in Research Triangle Park. Research Triangle Park is uh, the industry is very heavy in technology, technology companies, and of course, you know, biomedical and research and things like that. So. I thought if I'm going to move to this market, then I need to leverage the knowledge that I have from my education and management information services. But as we've mentioned, I've identified by this point that I'm an extrovert. I don't necessarily want to be in a highly technical role. How can I marry those the, 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 that um, you know the sales skills that I was able to to craft at um, at Hartford and transition that into a technology role? And so. Um, Ultimately, I was able to, to get a job with a company called Technosource, who did uh, they did with like outsourced managed help desk services, and uh, also technology recruiting. Technology recruiting, I think, was a 
great role for a uh, for me as a young person. And I know you've mentioned that a lot of your listeners are people who are trying to think about how they can navigate a career in technology. I highly recommend that role, and the reason being is that when you're trying to recruit uh, technology professionals, you have to learn at least at a high level or conceptually what all of their roles are and what it is, what are skills that make them good because, right, you're out there trying to recruit for your client. You, they're, they're saying, I need a, uh, a, a C-sharp developer or I need a good DBA or something. But you really have to kind of to learn a little bit about those technologies so that you can go out and, and, and find the, the person who has that skill set. And also, who are you recruiting for? You're recruiting for executives in the technology space. So you're actually out there working for the IT directors and the IT managers and sometimes even the CIOs. And so you're coming to them with a product, which is uh, it's a workforce, right? You're coming and saying, hey, look, I've got a, a, a network of all of these great uh, technology professionals, and I might be able to recruit them to come work for your company. And so you're coming to them with a product and a service that is of interest to them, and that also helps you to create a network of influential individuals within the industry. And so for me, when I, when I worked at Technosource, it really helped me ultimately whenever I came to work for Earthlink Business because I already had actually a pretty good network of technology executives that I had worked for and recruited people for. And then also when I had recruited and placed technology professionals, they remembered me. They're, the, uh, they're like, hey, uh, that's the guy that helped me land a job at the, uh, you know, maybe Quintiles or you know, IBM or wherever. I helped them land a job. And then sometimes some of those inv- individuals ended up climbing the corporate ladder, you know, and ended up yep. in leadership roles themselves. And now I'm able to come back to them and say, hey, remember me, you know, years ago when we worked together? Let's talk. Let's see if the the company I'm working for now can help your business. And so that's one that I I remember that I think might resonate with some of your audience in that I think it's actually a pretty pretty good career. And because of the nature of the job, a lot of times it's – we, they want to recruit the young, energetic person who's re- recently out of college and also maybe uh, able and willing to work uh, for less. But it's a, it's a great position where if you capitalize on it, it could be a great stepping stone to uh, bigger and better things within your career. Well, it looks like that's exactly what you've done, Mark. You've done a great job of transitioning at every level and 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 bringing all of the expertise together at various points of your career uh, uh, to help your clients and, and and your parent company. So I commend you on that capability there. Oh, thank you, thank you. Again, we're speaking with Mark Newsom, Enterprise Account Manager with Earthlink Business. Uh, Jacqueline, uh, do you have anything else to add? Oh well, well, thank you. And and Mark, we are almost out of time. Uh, you know, time flies when you're having good conversation. And you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show. And um, you know, you uh, you really provided a lot of great information for our listeners. I know that they're going to uh, really be pulling out uh, a lot of those nuggets that you provided. I mean, we we hit a lot of things, and really a lot of things about building good character 
good work ethic, um, things that are going to, and, and I dare say transcend just IT. I mean, there, there's some just some good information in there um, from, you know, starting out, navigating, um, branding yourself, exposure. I heard networking. Um, you touched about being getting a good mentor. So all really, really important things. And people may have to listen to it a couple of times to really just pull out all the that 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 you shared and and you know and and, and I'll, I'll say that the reason why I really wanted to have you on this show as well is that I get to go out and meet through my networking experience and uh, just the different people that I know who know people and as we said John introduced you me and you and I to each other and I think to myself you know a lot of young people will never actually have this opportunity uh, when connect and. Now, here's the opportunity through our conversation tonight on the phone. They kind of get to eavesdrop in and hear us having a conversation, talking about careers, talking and hearing how successful people got to where they are. And um, so I, I, I'm, I'm struggling because I don't know which question my last question is going to be, but um, I might end up with two. But one question I want to ask you is where does Mark Newsom go from here? Um, I mean, you've already attained a, a level of success, and, and quite quickly, I might say, how you have navigated and, and you've kind of, um, you know, picked up things that you wanted and done the right things to get to where you are. But what's next? Um, I, I can't say that I have necessarily a, a two-year plan right now. I just... I was just in the leadership role where I was leading uh, the the sales, the, the regional sales force and solutions engineering force, uh, and I was in that role up until February of this year. So now I've only just stepped back, step into uh, this role where I'm kind of working with these major accounts and being uh, the client executive and, and a liaison there. And so I'm really kind of just uh, – I, I would think that I'm still very challenged in this role. I don't feel like that I've mastered it yet. And so I think that for the next couple of years, I'll probably uh, be in this role. But uh, I have, I've, I've been thinking about uh, uh, product, uh, product marketing, and, and uh, those are, that's a, an area and even a, a division within our company. That is very intriguing to me because where I, the, where I'm in my role, I do see a lot of the, the challenges and what are the things that are really uh, on the mind of executives and and things like that. And so, uh, working within the group that might kind of develop and start to envision what the next the next uh, wave of new products that would help help meet those challenges and demands. That's pretty interesting to me. And that is a role, you know, that that a lot of companies have is, you know, what are, what's what what are we going to have? What are we going to bring to market next? Uh, and of course, we have a division that does that. And I have some contacts, and I work with them from time to time. And certainly, I want I align myself with with that group when I can because it's one of that's of of interest to me. And so I could potentially see me in a role like that. Um, I I have enjoyed both of uh, the the um, the stints that I did, uh, where I had a uh, director, a group of direct reports, and I was leading a team, and so I could potentially uh, w- look to work back into that whenever 
something, you know, changes. If things change, I could see myself in that kind of role. It's not for me right now in the work-life balance that I'm looking for, but I certainly enjoy that, and there's th- aspects of that type of job that I might look for. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely – I kind of think that about every couple of years, my personal philosophy is every couple of years your job and responsibility sh- should change within a company, and that's not for everybody. And maybe it's not even, and it, stay, and it changes even within the same department or uh, the same division. But I think if you just kind of mix it up and you continue to grow and re- learn new skills and take on new uh, responsibilities, that it keeps you fresh, it keeps you sharp, uh, and it keeps you uh, interested and passionate about what you do. I, I love that answer because I, I can totally relate to that. And, and, and you know, a couple of things that you said about the position you're currently in wanting to master that, but then at the same time always having your eyes and ears open um, to see where you want to go next and, and to um, to you know, stay exposed to what those opportunities are because very much in the IT industry things change. Um, and then I think people like us, we like challenge, you know, so you don't want to become stagnant or, or bored or not to go to work with that 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 passion that you talked about. So right. um, I, I completely uh, agree with you. And and again, yeah, think, thank you for sharing. sharing. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say along the same lines as like I, you know, I, I want to stay ambitious and I want to have a plan and a vision for what I'm gonna do next. But another key to my philosophy is again stay flexible and opportunistic. <laughs> So you never know where I'm going to end up in a year or two because some door may open that I didn't even expect to open that I decided, hey, that might be exciting. Let's do that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, as as David said, we've enjoyed a great uh, conversation with Mark Newsom uh, of Earthlink and um, really appreciate you taking this time after a hard day's work and I know you can't wait to get to your, your new baby daughter and to your wife as well. So we yeah. uh, thank them as well for uh, letting us borrow you for this, this last hour. But um, we know that our listeners, both our live listeners and those who will be listening to the archive, will in, enjoy uh, this segment tonight and really appreciate uh, you playing it forward by just, just me asking you to come on the show. You had nothing to gain from it, but but you're doing us this great uh, pleasure. So I uh, really appreciate that. And and with that, um, uh, thank you again, and, and then back to you, David. Yes, uh, as Jacqueline said, everyone, uh, uh, view our archives and play back this very intriguing um, and interesting conversation with Mr. Mark Newsom from Earthlink Business. Mark, thank you very much for sharing your uh, your vision and your experience with us. I'm sure Earthlink appreciates you and uh, continued success to Earthlink and you in the future. Continue to join yeah, us. And if folks. anybody out there, any of your listeners is interested uh, in, in checking it out, you had mentioned Googling it. But uh, just to clarify, Earthlink still does have the residential service uh, piece of the organization, although it's a much smaller piece, and so uh, the the if they're looking at Earthlink Business and interested in it, you would want to go and look at Earthlink Business or EarthlinkCloud.com uh, dot com versus just simply Earthlink. Yeah, 
that would be the, the more specific direction I would give them. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark, and, and, and we'll reflect those uh, that update in the archived version of this radio show. On that note, uh, thank you again, Mark, and everyone. Visit our archives at Technology Expresso, that's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-O dot com, and check out all of our uh, past shows and stay tuned for upcoming shows. So thank you, Mark. Thank you, Jacqueline. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.